Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. There's a hunger for information that's told clearly, that sort of takes the fire hose of information that's coming at you and tells you this one matters, this is worth your time, this stuff you can ignore. Hi, I'm Michael Casson. Welcome to Good Company, where I'll explore how marketing, media, entertainment, and tech are intersecting, transforming our lives and the way we do business at a breakneck speed. I'll be joined by some of the greatest business minds and strongest leaders who will share how they've built companies from the ground up or transformed them from the inside out. My bet is you'll pick up a lesson or two along the way. It's all good. It's a great personal pleasure today to welcome Jessica Yellen to the Good Company podcast. I'll tell our listeners a little story, Jessica, but I've known you most of your life and extraordinarily happy to be able to say that. But on a private note, proud to say that. You've had an amazing career in journalism. I remember when you first had an on-air role, I think it was in San Diego, if I'm- if I'm <laughs> you remember that? Oh my I God. I do, I do, <laughs> Jessica. I, I, I really, in San Diego. I, I, do, I do remember that because I was so proud to know you and see you, you know, realize your dream, which I know that was your dream because we, we sat together and I gave you some counsel and advice all the way back when you were getting started. And I was, again, privileged to do that. But as I sit here today with you as the founder and a social media star of News Not Noise, but bringing to that the credibility of former chief White House correspondent and the background you've had across multiple news organizations, CNN, MSNBC, et cetera, NBC, just across the board, ABC. I mean, you've worked at all the acronyms and had senior positions, but your experience, particularly in the White House and on the global stage that you've been able to play on and the people you've sat across the table from and interviewed and and questioned, I'm in awe. Thank you for joining me on Good Company. Thank you for having me and for being a mentor and a person who's been encouraging my whole career. I really think people can't achieve in life unless they have people like you to go to and get sort of key encouragement at these crucial moments in life when you don't know what the crossroads decision should be. I'm glad that this is a relationship that's been able to run the course of life. So let's just dive in. I mean, what woke you up at three in the morning and said, this is what I'm going to do? Because you've written a book recently. You've, there's a lot in your life that, that we could spend time on, but I want to focus for the moment on this, on this part of the journey. So I do this crazy thing, which is I do the news on Instagram. It's under my name, at Jessica Yellen. And it happened because I was, as you say, covering politics um, for the major news organizations. I had, as you said, this awesome opportunities and experiences, but I always had this feeling that we were talking in a way that a lot of people couldn't hear. I was out on the campaign trail covering um, all these campaigns and speaking to undecided voters. And there's this sort of attitude inside the news business that undecided voters, like, how can you not have your mind made up by the end? These are people who just don't care about politics. And that was the attitude. And overwhelmingly, it was women and young people. But So I was out there spending time with women and young people interviewing them. And they do care. They care enormously. They just didn't like the way we were talking about it. They don't like the negativity, the outrage, the partisanship, the panels of pundits screaming at each other. 
that works for a certain audience, but there's this other audience that wants it differently. And I kept thinking, what if we re-engineered the way we share information, the way we report the information? Could we reach people, reach people who aren't necessarily consuming the news or dislike the news that they're getting? Um, and I kind of had this idea and I kept pitching it to everybody I could talk to. And I was constantly discouraged and told this is not a thing. Was, you know, it just, people want conflict. That's what they watch. Um, and so, you know, through the whole course of events, there's like a long drama internally of leaving and all that. I finally decided to try it on my own. Um, and it turns out there is an audience who wants information told differently. This isn't about politics. This is about how I want to get information. And do I want to get it so biased or do I want to get it in a place where I can get it without the noise, without the vitriol, just the facts, ma'am, as we said in Dragnet. You know, the goal initially was just to help reach this audience. I thought that there were people who just didn't want the negativity. But what I've learned over time is it's more than that. There's a, very, there's a hunger for information that's told clearly, that sort of takes the fire hose of information that's coming at you and tells you this one matters, this is worth your time, this stuff you can ignore, right? So signal from noise. But now there's also this real anxiety about what's true and what's not true. And um, so where I started with this mission to sort of empower, especially women with um, information that will make them feel confident enough to engage in politics, get out and vote and take part in civic life, it's evolved and I've discovered it's not just women or undecided women. There's just a massive audience that's insecure about the information they're getting, and they want trusted voices to say, you can believe this, here's how you know you can believe it, this stuff is maybe disinformation, and here's why. So I think there's a huge need now in this disinformation environment for more of what I'm doing. You're doing it with an, a fair view, you're always going to bring your bias to that curation. You can't help it. We're human. But cut the noise out to your very title. Exactly. And I think what you've, you've said is really important, which is there's no way to curate without bias. This whole idea that there's such thing as objectivity doesn't exist. Right. It's to be transparent that this is my take on this thing. Here's the reason I'm getting to it. And if you don't like my take, there's a lot of other people you can get your information from. You've used social media, Jessica, as a cause for good. And I do think social media is a cause for good if it's used properly. You know, for me, at my vintage, I'm in touch with people that, you know, I grew up with that I would never have been in touch with. Doing the news on social media is a real push-pull. The reason I chose Instagram is because, as I said earlier, I had this thought that what I was doing was reaching women. It turns out it's much broader than that. But Instagram excuse female. At the time I started in early 2018, it was there was no real news there at all. It was sort of a blank space. People were just doing their food and bikini shots then, uh, and and it hadn't been sort of categorized in that sort of toxic space of fake news that was afflicting Facebook. Right. Still felt almost virgin. So I went up there, and I'll tell you a quick story. My friends were like, "Just put your face on camera and just start talking to your phone." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" They're just like, "Explain to the phone." the way you explain a thing to me when I ask you, why is this happening in Washington? So it took me a year of people telling me over and over, do this. I finally take the phone and I go in my backyard and I record the first thing. 
And I put it up and my friends call me. They're like, you know, like three people saw it. Like, That's amazing. You were great. Perfect. Maybe next time don't do it in a jungle. So it took a little, I had to figure out where to do it, how to do it, what light. I got the Kim Kardashian light. It took some time. Um, but it kind of got into a rhythm and people started responding. And the thing that's great about it is it's a community. I see the same people in my DMs. They ask me questions. I respond. A lot of people dialogue with each other in the comments under the posts. So they answer each other's questions. It stays. Well, they've created a community. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the goal, right? I mean, you created a community of, of, of not necessarily like-minded, but a community of people who want interaction with others, yes. you know, and they come for civil engagement. Like they might not all agree, but they're going to be nice to each other. I even did a post on vaccines, which is one of the most contentious issues online. And you see scientists disagreeing with anti-vax moms respectfully. So I really, that's great. The new challenge is the amount of disinformation that is flowing on these platforms and how um, anxiety inducing it is for the audience and confusing. And so that to me is a problem we're all gonna have to tackle. No matter how this election is resolved, that stays with us. One of the low points of the last four years for me, having begun my career as a lawyer, was this concept of alternative facts. On its face, as we'd say in Latin, ab initio, there is no such thing as alternative facts. It's either a fact or it's not a fact. People's bullshit detectors, particularly the demo you're after, is really, really sensitive now. So if it's not authentic, you can tell. People know. And you've captured that. And, and that's not easy to do. People think authenticity means like reveal a lot about yourself. Talk about your dating life or, you know, show a body part that's you know, not, you know, perfectly fit. That's one way to be authentic. But it's also just to be um, transparent about your motives, passionate, mission-driven, and consistent in that. So for me, I, you know, like, I'll give you an example. Before the, during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, um, I had worked as a volunteer at rape crisis centers in the past. And I knew that as soon as that conversation was happening publicly, it was going to trigger people. Whether you're for him or against him, it was going to be emotional. Right. So part of my coverage was, here's what's happening. By the way, if you're a survivor of sexual assault, this is probably triggering. We understand. Here's a good resource. There's this organization called RAIN. Here's their number. Doesn't matter how long ago it happened, call them. It was bringing a little bit of empathy and humanity into the conversation. Um, and I do it like the other, and one of the things is I, I always was like, I don't want to give you the hysterical stuff. I want to give you the news. But when COVID hit in, in mid-February, I have a semi-international audience and I have some people in Italy who are following me. And I got a DM one night from Italy from this woman saying, I really like your news. I really respect your judgment. I have to say you're missing it on this one. Um, you have no idea what's happening with coronavirus in Italy. And she sent me video of an uh, uh, ICU. And I was shocked. In America, we still weren't dialed into what was going on. And I, sure. I sat down and I said to the audience, I always try to keep you calm. I want to tell you something really scary is coming. And this isn't noise. And I mean it. And they listened and believed because I had the credibility from having not been hysterical in the past. Well, you hit the nail on the head. If you're not hysterical and if you're empathetic, right. that's where authenticity comes in as well. Unless you've experienced it, 
you don't yeah. understand. And I think yeah. you bring that authenticity, you bring that credibility. I know when you were writing your book, you were talking about being a girl at the big boys table. You were a, a woman trying to build your profile, build your career in a primarily male dominated industry at the time when it was clearly male dominated and may still be, but I'm curious how we could segue into that conversation. I grew up in this environment that was very liberated and it didn't call itself feminist at the time, but I was raised and you raised your kids saying the girls and the boys can achieve the same and there's no difference, same, same. And then you go out into the workplace and I didn't have that experience always. Um, And you know, we're having a conversation in the aftermath of um, the first black woman debating on the vice presidential stage. And um, one thing, you know, after that event, a lot of people talked about how Kamala Harris said, I'm speaking. And then she immediately kept speaking. She did not. She said, I'm speaking. And then she waited for Mike Pence to acknowledge, stay silent and let her speak. Because it's still the case that if you are overly aggressive as a woman in the workplace, you are seen as difficult, tough, a bitch, all those things. And when you're on TV as a woman, you have to model the perfect female demeanor in order to be both liked and seen as credible and assertive. And it's a tricky dance. Part of the reason I think that what we're talking about works, the empathy and why you say that what I'm doing has authenticity is because bringing empathy into the conversation is a feminine quality. And we have been living in this moment dominated by bullying behavior, assertive behavior, conflict drives everything. And I do think the audiences are hungry for something a little different, which is still tell interesting stories. We want the facts, but we want it with some empathy and some compassion and some caring, and that's okay. Jessica, you're on the cusp of so much right here about your journey and where you are and the timing. I just, again, it does my heart good because the idea, just the name, I'm going to go back to where we started, news, not noise. That's what we need. That's what we need as a country. That's what we need as a world is to just get to the facts, understand, and then make our decisions. I'll tell you something that might sound corny, but I think you'll appreciate it, which is um, my dad's hero in politics was JFK. And uh, there's a speech JFK gave um, right after the Bay of Pigs when he was irate because the media had exposed things and he thought they put the world in jeopardy. And yet he spoke to the Newspaper Association and said, there is a reason why the US Constitution protects only one private business, the free press. And that is because a free press is essential to make sure that we have an informed electorate in a democracy. There's nothing more serious than that. Like the press is, it can be entertaining. It can go for ratings. But fundamentally, the question you have to ask every day is, am I leaving people more informed than they were before so they can make choices about our democracy and about the society we live in that are responsible and safe? We're all capable of dealing with facts, good, bad, or indifferent. Some may be better at doing it, but at least if I know the facts. You know, again, I always say, there's not a sign on my door as a manager that says Department of Good News. I don't I want to just hear the good news. I want to hear all the, that's what I, I want to hear all the facts. And then we can discern what's important, what's not. But you can't make those decisions if it's based on fallacy. So, and 
the things I've found is because I'm like driven by the facts and by this transparency, I have a bipartisan audience. This doesn't have to be a partisan thing, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, people used to be scared of politics, some, you know, businesses and brands, but that's what our conversation is. But it's so interesting, Jessica, it's a fine point to put on it. You're right. News has been verboten for some brands, brands from a marketing perspective. Oh, I, I got to stay away from news. Got to stay away from politics. Got I don't know how you do that. I mean, you can stay away from politics without staying away from news. And that's exactly what you're offering. You're saying this isn't political. These are the facts. This is not noise. This is news. Brands have to get comfortable with living in that world. If you're not in it, you're not in the conversation. Exactly. And I'll, I'll give you a bit of a look ahead, which is, it's not just about this election. It's about what comes next when we're dealing with, you know, a vaccine, with safety precautions of getting your kids back to school, how to dig out of this recession, or if it becomes a depression, all those things are news. And that's what people are going to be looking for. And the problem is they're being fed so much disinformation, they're struggling to find trusted voices. And if I can just give you a quick example, um, one of the things that's happening in our conversation right now is people, there's a lot of you know uh, voices of authority saying that uh, people believe in conspiracy theories. They're committed to these conspiracy theories and won't let them go. What I have found is that people will send me in Instagram in the DMs, I just got this video about Save the Children or about, you know, something about the vaccines that are coming. Is it true or not? And I'll do a quick explanation of why that's not true or can't be verified. And they are not fighting me on it. They say, okay, thank you. I didn't know. These are college educated people. These are working people. They're not dumb. They just don't know. And they need almost arbiters to tell them this you can trust and this you can't or this absolutely you, you can't tell them what they should do but you can give them the facts upon right. which they should base their own decisions exactly jessica yellen i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart i want to applaud you and congratulate you and i know that our listeners are going to be better and smarter for having joined us on this quick journey so jessica thank you thank you so much for today and for just being you you're awesome I'm Michael Casson. Thanks for listening to Good Company. Good Company is a production of iHeartRadio. A special thanks to Lena Peterson, Chief Brand Officer and Managing Director of MediaLink, for her vision on Good Company. And to Jen Seeley, Vice President, Marketing Communications of MediaLink, for programming amazing talent and content. Good Company is edited by Jessica Kreinchich. 